0: sexual relations with that woman yes or no did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance yes i had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on nancy kerrigan i am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior i engaged in
1: what's up guys swoops the podcast we're here as always i'm julio gallerati we're here with francis ellis
0: hey i'm here too how you doing? Hey yeah.
1: I like your <laughs> I like your lime green shorts. My bird
0: dogs. Yeah, your BDs. One of the earliest sponsors of the podcast.
1: Yeah, you're puxatoni filling it, dude. You're predicting that that uh spring's in to come When is soon.
0: Groundhog Day?
1: It may have already happened. Did Chris, it? Can we look? By the way, is the thing with the with the groundhog seeing his shadow, is that just something that this is exclusively talked about in elementary school? Yes. Because the second I graduated from sixth grade I never heard about Puxatani Phil again.
0: That is correct.
1: Chris, could you maybe see if he saw his shadow this year? This happens in Pennsylvania.
0: You don't you don't hear about it. it yeah, yeah. You don't hear about it. now, admittedly, it was immor- the whole concept of Groundhog Day was immortalized by the movie. Right. Which is one of the best best movies I've ever seen. It was very good. It's one of the most rewatchable movies, right? And the irony there being Which the is book. ironic, yes. Yeah.
1: Um what Chris he saw, his... so that's bad that he saw a shadow. That means there's more winter,
0: I believe. He means he got scared and went back in, which means yeah. there's more winter coming. Yeah, but it's all horse shit.
1: Did that is of... crazy. Targeted news for children, like before targeted news was a thing. What do you mean? Like this, this is news. This is newsworthy shit. This was on the news. It's on like the local news and stuff, and I only heard about it as a child before targeted news was a thing.
0: Well, I think it speaks to how much elementary school teachers struggle to come up with material to present to their students each day.
1: Right. That's, I mean, dude, that's very valuable.
0: You can only teach so many, you can only read the giving tree so many times (laughs) in a year. You can only (laughs) hand out so many math, you know, boy, let me ask you something. When you were in first and second grade, right? So the mm. way our school worked was the first and the second graders were mixed in a class together. Mm. And then there was the sort of three, four, five was all in something together.
1: Sounds like a budget cut situation.
0: Well, it was a, it was a private school situation. Oh, so maybe not. I don't really know what that meant. Yeah. Um, but no, but I, so what would happen was you would have, this is my question. Were there ever kids, and you might have been included in this, who were learning or developing at a different rate, and then you'd look around and you would be doing a an accelerated worksheet while someone to your left was doing the the moron worksheet?
1: So, yeah, but those kids would, like, leave the class during the day. And also, I didn't realize what the fuck was going on. Like, I didn't realize, now. I didn't even think about it until just now. But yeah, they were the slow kids who would do their own, like, curriculum or whatever yeah and then as far as i know everyone else was doing the same shit but it sounds I like knew. yours is a little more specific
0: i knew exactly where everyone stood and i made fun of them for it you're a bully no i wasn't a bully i got bullied there was a kid ahead of me named caleb slabbert that was his real name and caleb uh the year before i got to the school had peed on his hands and then went around trying to touch people and it was thought that anybody he touched was infected. And on the first day of my new school, he high-fived me. And from that day forward, I was infected.
1: You're the pee boy?
0: And so everyone bullied me as being friends with Caleb, as being part of the infected clan. And ironically, I, I did like Caleb. But it was tough to shake the stench of his urine off my reputation.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: scary. all the cool kids, TC and Max Monks. They would avoid me at playground, <laughs> you know, even though I was bigger and stronger than everyone.
1: TC Hafenreffer is a real yeah, person? Yeah, he was
0: a bully. Yeah. He
1: sounds like a fuck Jesus. That's now, a- he's a, now he hunts. I'm sure. That makes sense. Kills
0: birds and stuff. Makes sense. I'm using real names here. Not really trying to protect anyone. That's okay.
1: <laughs> Dude, I got bullied the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, on the subway. A group of teenagers... And these were like big teenagers.
0: Yeah, they're, they're getting big these days. Like,
1: these guys must have been 17, 18. Yeah. Uh, sure. Judging by their behavior, it didn't seem like they were going to be doing much after high school. Unsavory
0: characters. Bad Unsavory apples. Unsavory
1: characters. Um, however, they were throwing Hershey kisses at my head <laughs> on the subway. And there were 10 of them, dude. And it was, this was on the L train between uh, right before the last stop at 8th Avenue. So I get hit with one in the head. I hear them all laughing. I'm like, I'm going to ignore that because
0: it's just not worth it. Were you sitting or standing? Sitting. So they're hitting the front of your head? The
1: side of my head as I was looking down at the ground with Hershey kisses. (laughs) Hard, too.
0: That hurts. Yeah, Yeah, it hurt.
1: It was annoying. So the first time they do it, I do nothing. They then do it again. I then stare at them very unhappily and say nothing. Great. They do it a third time. I then stand up with my cell phone and pretend to start filming all of them
0: Oh wow. because I was
1: just like, what else am I going to do? I'm not going to fight anybody. Nonetheless, 10 wild teens
0: who seem very
1: agile and athletic. Yeah, And then they surround me and I was like, oh boy, <laughs> this was not worth it. Um, and like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And I was like, I'm not doing, I-, I didn't say shit. I was like, oh, you guys think you're cool throwing candy at people?
0: Did you say that? Yes.
1: I said that. And they're like, yo, you better put your fucking phone away. Or we're going to fucking take it from you. And then all I could, I couldn't help but think about Cypher Sound Story about getting his fucking face. Yeah. The guy tried to cut his face and got his finger and Doug Smith. Doug Smith. And I was like, oh boy, this is my moment. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, right before the last stop on the train, there's always a delay before the doors open. So I'm just standing there sort of like with my head down, like not saying anything. And then the train doors open. And they get off. They were very loud and rambunctious. So fortunately, I could hear which way they were exiting. So I tried to exit in an opposite way, and I lived to tell the tale.
0: Oh, you didn't—you didn't throw one parting shot at them just as as the doors were closing.
1: <laughs> no, no, because everyone got off. It's the last stop. Huh. But dude, yeah, I was bad, and you know it sucks because there's nothing you can do in that situation. And shit like that happens to me quarterly. I would say, like, one time a guy just smashed my phone out of my hand. And I look I, as I'm looking up to be like, what the fuck? I just realized he's three times my size.
0: Yeah. And good I said, for "Happy Gilmore, my like, god!"
1: Literally, exactly that moment. Yeah. And then he got off the train, and I looked around at everybody like, huh, can you believe that guy? And everyone just looked at me like, you're a pussy, dude. Like, really? Nobody like felt. No one was like, huh? Yeah, that sucks. No one but came to your just aid. Like, nice man. Mm. It was beat.
0: Dude, I I I have been in that situation before sucks i've been in that situation with a couple different iterations and what are you gonna do right you're you can't is it really worth trying to teach these kids a lesson (laughs) are you gonna be the guy that sends them on you know writes their course in life where they'll say oh i was headed for troubled times until that random handsome italian guy on the subway told me that throwing Hershey kisses at random strangers heads is no way to go through life. And from that day forward, I started volunteering. And (laughs) now I'm, now I'm a Senator. Right. Nobody, nobody, (laughs) that's not how that story goes. Right. Right. I, I had, I've had a, I had a situation where one time I was on a, let's call it a half empty subway car. And I was reading a graphic novel, uh, it was one of those graphic novels that was about a kid that grew up in the Middle East. There have been a couple of these that we have won Pulitzers. Per- Persepolis is one Persepolis. So it was the next one after gotcha. Persepolis, gotcha. I think. And it was the one but it was written by the same guy. Gotcha. And it so it's very kind of thought provoking and it's a different um a different way to present that material. But I'm reading this. Very cool, cultural, graphic novel, and there was a, a very haughty gay guy sitting across on the opposite bench in between two women, right, who were his friends. And I'm li- reading this, and they start. he starts talking about me. And there aren't that many people on the subway, right? There's nobody standing in between us and he's saying things like look at this guy like Ugh. look at this guy and i looked up and i'm like are they fucking talking about me and then and then he goes Ugh. and he's reading a fucking comic book <laughs> and i wanted to be like it's not a comic book it's a graphic novel and it's a graphic novel about the middle east and cultural problems that arise for 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 women in that region and and you're just un, uneducated <laughs> but i realized that to say all of that in that moment would not have won me the battle, right? Yeah. So I I started just scoffing. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's all I could do, you know? And that's not, that's not the winning blow.
1: Right. Yeah. It's what do you
0: do in that situation? You get up and
1: fucking beat his ass, but that's not, then it's a know, hate crime. That's exactly. Yeah. There's nothing you can really do.
0: Cause you find out, you know, not only is he gay, but he's transitioning and yeah. you know, he's grew up in a broken home and all of a sudden, <laughs> sudden I'm the poster child for abuse. Right.
1: Yeah. That's not good. Also like too, if you're too affected by the situation, like if that happens to me and these 10 kids, kids, let me reiterate gang up on me and you know threaten me and stuff and that that inspires me to like train (laughs) like they win also yeah by thinking about it they're winning
0: yes yes and you know is there really a batman martial arts class because that's what you would need to take
1: right like nobody can take on 10
0: learn to fight like batman where you drop into the middle of a circle of goons and can wheel your cape around and hit them in a way where they don't, they just start fighting each other because they can't even see you. Right. That's not available in, in Manhattan. Be, I mean, you'd yeah. need to go to the League of Shadows. You need to <laughs> climb the mountain with the flower, all that. It would be years of your life. Yeah, it's just not worth it.
1: Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now.
0: I have another story there. I was on the subway. The subway is the place where a lot of this stuff happens. And I witnessed as two kids, and I would say they were probably more like 14 or 15, were caught, they were hitting the emergency Call button that's on the platform, oh yeah, um, as they were theoretically waiting for their train, and one of them said into it, Come quick, you know someone just got pushed onto the tracks there's a there's a bad guy, yada, yada, and it wasn't true, and he's making up this whole story, right, <laughs> and his friend is like giggling into his hands right next to him, and and then there are like three or four of them nearby that are all kind of doing r- random shit. And he's calling this in, right? Bring, bring police down. Bring police. And I then they get off the phone call. The kid who had made the call, the train comes into the station, right? And the kid is the middle of the platform. So the train has a lot longer to go, but it's slowing down. The kid starts running alongside the train, grabs the side of the door, and then rides the outside of the train all the way to the end of it stopping. So he's just a complete lunatic. And I then turned to the kid who had been laughing, and I said, why'd you call that in? What was that? And he goes, oh, we're just playing pranks. We're playing pranks. (laughs) And I said, huh, okay. Okay. And then he kind of looked at me as if he knew that they'd made a mistake. I then pressed the call button to call the people. So they picked up and I said, listen, those were some kids. They were playing a prank. You don't need to send police down here. Don't waste your time. The guy was like, okay, thanks very much. And they hung up. Two days later, I saw these kids again. And they were once again down in the subway. (laughs) And they were like just making a fucking scene. They ran up. I got off the subway. They ran up. There was a fruit cart, a guy selling fruit, you know. Mm -hmm. And they, one of the kids, took an apple, bit into it, (laughs) and the guy who owned the fruit cart was like, "Hey, you gotta pay for that." And he goes, "Fuck you!" Oh my god! And then he took the half-bitten apple. And threw it as hard as he could at a cab driving up 8th Avenue. Oh, my God. And it smashed into the door. The cab driver screeched to a halt. And then the kids ran off giggling.
1: Oh, my God. And I
0: wanted to follow them. And I wanted to kill them all. <laughs> I wanted to fucking kill these kids because they were a plague. <laughs> these are just anarchists. The
1: Corona children.
0: They're cause- they're an- they're- they are fucking lawless... Anarchist children.
1: I hate that. Story.
0: I hate it. What can you do? You can't beat a kid. You should. You should be able to.
1: Dude, there should be a movie where the kids are like, where an adult beats the shit out of like meddling kids.
0: Oh, It'll that's a so great satisfying. idea. Like a, a vigilante For who kids. just goes around beating up kids, murdering
1: kids and burying them alive. <laughs> <laughs> kids because... who, fuck the kid took a bite at the apple and this poor how the fuck do the fruit stand <laughs> guys even make money dude you're selling you're fruit selling for 8 cents
0: for 10 cents for
1: dimes <laughs> and this kid is biting into it and telling you to go fuck yourself that kid deserves to burn in hell dude, dude
0: I, had, I was so I had this lump of anger in my throat oh and my I God. followed them across the street and then they waited at the street light and I'm among them and the kid who'd thrown the apple, he had, he had seen me on the subway. He had seen me come up the subway. <laughs> he had seen me see him do the whole apple trick and then follow them across the street. I'm not jogging, but they're jogging and then stopping. So I'm, I'm among them now. And I'm, I'm bigger than all of them, but there's six of them, right? But this kid was the ringleader. He was clearly the Johnny Knoxville of their group. Right, right. The guy who was tasked with performing the most outrageous stunts for the amusement of the others. and i i looked at him in a way where i i I didn't i wanted so badly to just say like your life is unraveling and you need to get a grip i wanted to say you have no idea the path that you're setting yourself on like some weird obi-wan kenobi right out of nowhere right and he looked at me and he goes what's up man But almost in a almost in a respectful way, right? Because he'd been kind of a he'd been a dick to everybody else in his path, and he saw me, and I wondered if in that moment he knew that he should stop, right? But I don't think so. I think the moment he was out of my sight, he continued, went off and keyed a car, and then smashed a window and
1: right. Dude. I hope I hope he's in jail choking on someone's cock right now dude.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> nice. That is a good thought. Oh, that does help. Yeah. Right. Just just like and not just one, you know? Like yeah. like they're they're lining up. I
1: hope he's the cutest guy in jail, dude.
0: I hope he's in a bunk in juvenile <laughs> hall being held down like that scene in Full Metal Jacket where they load oh, the yeah. pillowcases with soap bars and take their turns just beating, beating the, the shit out, out of him. him. But the problem is that reinforces his behavior.
1: I understand that argument. But then, like, how else do you deal with him? Make his father come back into his life? I don't know. Like, how do you deal with that situation? I understand what you're saying, but, like, it's just so infuriating. I wish nothing for the worst. Sorry, nothing but the worst for the kids who are throwing chocolate at my face. I Agreed. Hope, I hope they have terrible lives.
0: I agree. I agree. My and girlfriend told me that I'm an say. animal.
1: She's like, you know what? You need to. St-. I was like, no. What you need to defend me. I was just bullied.
0: I agree. I, Julio. The only solace I can take from that is in thinking that the universe has a way of correcting itself, right? So Hopefully. even if even if those kids don't end up in a correctional facility, right? They're going to end up on drugs or or in well, heroin you know it would why be heroin. heroin
1: though like it seems that seems like such a
0: because like, heroin's cheap
1: yeah but it's also like they're low, get it's boring. low energy
0: they're gonna get bored
1: you think heroin
0: dude i'm reading this book i'm still reading it. it's so dense holy shit about the opioid epidemic and everybody is on heroin so many people in america are on heroin so many more we just don't see it it's crazy because you know we go to chelsea market to get
1: Dude, I know one Rice guy, I, <laughs> that, fair enough, but I mean, dude, there's like a methadone clinic around here, I believe.
0: Yeah, there are, multiple. Um,
1: there's, I know one guy who shot heroin once and never did it again. That's the only time I've ever heard of that. Who? This kid I'm friends with.
0: What is he, what is he, what's his story?
1: He, well, he comes from a religious family. Wow. Uh, I think it took him a little bit to adjust to like not being exactly like them. So he was a li- he was a little behind uh-huh. in that regard, but I think maybe he was just hanging out with some bad kids or something when he lived in North Carolina, and he shot heroin once,
0: dude. It's... And now
1: he has like a good job, a completely normal life. Doesn't do drugs. Like he's a chill kid. Like he parties a little, but he's not like doing heroin when he drinks. He's not sober. And it's the only time I've ever heard a story like
0: that. I've never heard that. I've Everyone heard...
1: else, it ruins their life forever.
0: Yeah, because heroin comes in the white powder form i thought it was brown well that's black tar heroin and which overtook once the the mexican drug dealers started bringing it up from was oh, it cheaper much cheaper much more potent Oy. heroin for many years was it, it, it was a drug that was in the jazz jazz scene. musicians yeah um it was used by lower class people uh it was sort of at the fringes of society and it was always the white powder that was coming from afghanistan asia mm-hmm. you know and it was it was very stepped on mm-hmm. you know and and it, 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 the people it just it then in in recent years like the 90s right was when the black tar heroin started coming up from Mexico to like the suburbs and it's very easy to process and nobody was cutting it. You couldn't cut it. And they would just ball it up in these little sticky balls and put them in balloons. Mm -hmm. And then drug dealers would in, in so many cities across America, what they did just like weed delivery people, they would have a beeper and these guys would drive to where you were and they would have these balloons in their mouth, All right, like, like Maria three Paula or four. Situation. Yeah. And that way, if a policeman pulled them over, they could just swallow them and not find them. Mm. But you'd say, I want, you know, two doses. They would spit out two balloons, hand them to you. You hand them 20 bucks or whatever. And the the price kept driving down because more and more competition, more cells would pop up. And heroin was very cheap. But the problem was this black tar heroin, unlike the white heroin, was so potent That would just make you way 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 more high which meant that your crash and your need to re-up was was that much harder to to overcome and finally because it was coming from the bulb of the poppy it had all these impurities in it which would lead to your arteries getting clogged or your muscle atrophy and of course heart attacks heart attacks and overdoses Mm And uh, And
1: you just need it so bad, you're stealing from your fucking grandma and shit.
0: Correct. It's really crazy. Tearing families apart. So
1: The, The dog food, as they call it.
0: I've never heard, yeah, I've never, I don't know anybody that has shot heroin, but God.
1: I know a few people and I don't know anybody who's like made a full recovery. Nobody. Yeah. As far as I know. And every time they say they've recovered, you don't really know. Right. And sometimes you, they come back around and you see the, their arms are all fucked up. Yeah, and tracked like, oh, out. God.
0: Here's a question I have for you. I, I want to get a little existential with you. Okay. Do you know anybody... Actually, let me, let me walk this back a second. The other day, my girlfriend asked me if I knew if anyone in my life had died. Mm. And uh, cl- close. She said, has anyone you were really close to died mm-hmm. and from heroin or in general just in general in my life and you know excluding like let's say grandparents okay um because my girlfriend's dad passed away a year and a half ago mm. and that's like a big deal For sure. and um the closest i had was that there was this kid that i looked up to when i was growing up who was like five years older than me he was always my coach at, like, summer soccer camps at school. And then he was a stud, super handsome, great athlete, went to UVA. Freshman year at UVA, he killed himself, shot himself with a shotgun. Jesus. And it, like, it was insane. It was the first time I'd ever heard of anyone who was, like, depressed, any of that stuff. You know, all that came out after afterwards, but I remember going to the funeral I remember going to the like gathering in the next day and just watching everyone who was shattered by this. Right. And it was like very, you know, so that was like the closest thing. My girlfriend asked me this question almost in a challenging way, almost in a judgmental way, because I answered with that answer. And then she was like, "Okay, so nobody that you're really that close to, Mm. you know, and. I wanted to ask you if anyone really close to you had died. And then I also want to talk about the, uh, the currency or the status that comes with knowing someone closely who has died. Mm. So first, tell me that.
1: Okay. Well, so I'm wondering if my examples are close enough. I mean, I've had a couple of close friends and in very tragic circumstances uh a gym teacher with a similar story like the one you just told um and then just like an a, an aunt who I was very very close with and a cousin who I was sort of close with but the aunt is the closest family member that I've lost so far mm. and I think about it still you know what I mean it's it's and it makes me upset it's not one of those things that I've like fully 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 gone over and I don't know if you ever fully get over Right. And I feel like that that is how I know that one it felt different maybe. Um so I don't know if that answers the question.
0: No, I I think that that you know there, there's no there's no like okay you're part of the club. Right, but You've shown on, so, your but what's the rest of the question? All right. So here's my, here's where I'm going with this. And this might people aren't going to like this. Um have you ever noticed that when someone dies who is popular, there is sometimes a rush to social media to write an in-memoriam post that sometimes feels more like the person who's posting it Humble wants bragging. everyone to know that they knew that person. 100%. As opposed to an actual demonstration of how much you are grieving.
1: Right. Right. And, he, and what I think, and I think where I differ on my stance with that is I feel like it is both. I don't think it's instead of, I feel like they are commemorating the person while also being like, look at this picture of us. Right. But it's like, it's hard to really say in that situation that that's fully inappropriate though.
0: I, I'm not. I'm not. Right. But, but I do think that there are people who barely knew the person who died Mm. who will make more of the relationship they had with that person after they died.
1: It's And you know, unfortunately we have been losing a lot of people in comedy. Right. And it's a very good example of that. Right. When, you know, a very popular or, and it's fucking so sad when somebody has a career taken away from them. It's been happening a lot in hip hop too. But since we're in comedy, we see it, but you're right. Like there'll definitely be people who will, carry on about a person passing away that maybe they weren't as close to as they're letting on right because they're trying to prove that they were.
0: Does that bother you?
1: I certainly think about it, but I, tr- I don't let it bother me because I think that ultimately it's nice and it's so sad that the person is dead that I don't think about that as much.
0: You don't think it comes into my you, head. Though. Do you look at some people who post, especially let's say, when there was a, someone you knew who you were very close to, right, where you're really affected by it. And then you see someone else who was nowhere near as close to that person as you were, right. and they are writing some insanely effusive in-memoriam caption that's very long, uh, and you know that that person, especially the person who died, didn't give two shits about this person who's writing this thing about them. Do you feel, you don't feel a sense of like, shut the fuck up. You're, you're making right. more of this than you should.
1: It's my, my first instinct is to feel that way. But then if after I thought about it for 90 seconds, I would be like, you know what? It's incredible that so-and-so touched this many people where they felt this close to, and connected to him, even though they weren't that close to them.
0: Well, that's that's very magnanimous of you. I'm impressed because my cynicism leads me to to only doubt, unfortunately. Right. And I just get annoyed because...
1: So, but what's wrong with it, though? Like, what's the problem with that?
0: Because to me, it, it feels like they are... It feels like they're doing it for fucking likes and clout. Right. Like, you know... Right. Where were you when the person was alive? Right. You weren't you weren't showing up to stuff. I, I don't know. Maybe that's not the right way to go with it. But, t- you know, totally, no. you are now laying down this bed of flowers and, you know, shining a light on your grief that is not consistent with your relationship that you have with the person while they were alive. Right. And it feels false to me. It feels like a fallacy. Right.
1: Well, dude, see, sometimes, I'm going to be honest, even when people who I know were close to them post, I still feel that way sometimes. Sure. Where I'm like, all right, dude, like- This isn't what how are, they what, wanted to be- What are you trying to prove? Right. Sometimes I think that. I feel embarrassed about it because it's like, this is really where my head's going. But I mean, you know, it's good to hear that you think that too. And I, I'm sure plenty of people think that.
0: I agree. Yeah. You know, I agree. Is it ever right to call someone out for doing that?
1: I don't know. This is the question I would have. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't. I can't say that it's wrong. I don't think you could say that it's wrong. You but can't. is it is it worth it? No. And that is why I think no one says shit. And you know, and this is a this is a, brings on a greater issue. No one saying shit leads to a lot of problems. But mm-hmm. nobody wants to be. I mean, do the Astros thing is a perfect example. There's players on that team who are like, this is fucked up, but they didn't say shit. And what are they going to say? You know what I mean? It's such a hard thing to deal with. And that's why like revolutions happen because no one says shit until, seriously, until it's too much. And then you have to just overthrow the fucking government. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you notice, like it's very rare that like these regime changes happen gradually or there's usually some like crazy moment Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden everything gets flipped upside down and then they figure it out from there. You know what I mean? It's like these moments that drive history forward. Mm hmm. And I guess, you know, that is making this maybe too big of a picture, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, I don't, (laughs) the point of this is I'm not saying that we should be calling these people out who do this because I don't think it's worth it, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Let me ask you this. Do you, when someone dies, take stock of your relationship with that person And have a moment where you think, like, should I post something about this person or not? Will others think, oh, he didn't know that guy well enough? This is silly. So that's,
1: I I think that this is why having this thinking that we have is problematic. Because when you judge other people's posts, which happens inevitably, dude, every single day I see posts and I'm like, oh, God, dude.
0: Yeah, totally. Get it together.
1: I send them to you. I literally send them to both you and Chris being like, this guy's a fucking tool Yeah, all the time. And it absolutely affects my process of posting. And it makes me post way less because I judge myself. I'm like, are they going to think this about me the way I thought this about, you know what I mean? It's so unhealthy.
0: Totally. Yeah. I have only posted one thing about being sad about someone dying. And it was when Kobe died. Mm. And, uh, I posted a tweet just, and and it, it, you know, I think for that one, everybody in the world posted something, but it, it, it happened in the, I posted like 20 minutes after I found out because I was just kind of like, what Shook. is happening? Yeah, um, crazy. And I wanted to ask you this. <clears throat> I have two more questions for you. The first is, who do you think? There is in society right now who, if they died tomorrow, would elicit a similar level of mourning and news coverage and remembrance as what we've seen with Kobe. Dude, it's a very limited amount of people.
1: Right. No, you're right. I think Obama Obama would be one. Obama, definitely. Um, Oprah? Yeah
0: maybe who
1: michael michael jordan
0: jordan okay trump wouldn't do it i don't think so K- when kennedy died that was like it was like when um when kim like when, when the north korean dictator died oh that was crazy where people like will go to the steps of his with the kim jong statue Il. and just weep Weeping. openly like that when kennedy died that was i know that the nation mourned in that way and yeah. I do think that if Obama or... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I really don't think there are that many people that could uh, could lead to this level of, of remembrance.
1: Right. Yeah, like definitely a small amount. Yeah. So real quick, I want to say thank you to the people who made suggestions to me for alternative things to ADD medication. Oh, yeah. Because I found this thing and uh, I don't know this girl's name, but her... Instagram is D Laneva. and she recommended this and a couple other people recommended it too. So I apologize because I did get a bunch of messages about this, but she was a naturopathic, something or other. And it's this potion dude. And apparently they talk about it on goop and like all these podcasts or big talk and, and also Joe Rogan talks about it, I guess. Okay. But it's, it's called sun potion
0: Hmm.
1: and it's this little like powder you put in your drink and it's fucking amazing. And it's almost so good that I'm like, this can't be good for you. Huh? But it's like fully an Adderall replacement when I, I, I only tried it a couple of times, but when I don't use it, I don't feel that letdown that I was feeling when I was taking Adderall every day. Really? Uh, when I didn't take it. Right. Uh, so highly recommend sun, sun potion. So what is it, it meant it to
0: do? What are, what are the goals of okay. taking? Okay.
1: It? So like, you know, when you have to do a task, you really don't feel like doing like sure. for me, it's, it's editing. Um, I hate editing. It's so hard. I just, Chris is chuckling. It's so hard. I despise it. I cannot stand it. It's brutal. And when I have to sit down and do it, I start getting anxiety. Yeah. Uh, But the reason why Adderall was always great was because when I would take it, that anxiety would just turn into, okay, I have to do this and I'm going to do it and it'll be fine.
0: Resignation and focus.
1: Resignation and focus. So this sort of gives you that and energy to like overcome that anxiety that just makes you tired. Right. Pretty
0: much. Okay. Wow. So I would want to see what's in this sun potion.
1: We should check it out, but it's some, it's some dopamine powder.
0: Huh? So it's a mood thing. Probably too.
1: I, yeah, I guess I imagine that it probably is as well. Fun. So that's a scoop
0: as always. G where can we find you?
1: Um, at not Julio, those Denver shows got canceled. Everybody. I'm sorry about that.
0: Is that Corona related? Um, (laughs) It's
1: not Corona related, Okay, but I'm going to be at South by Southwest. Uh, I have a show. I have a couple shows. I'm, I'm going to lock down those dates soon and let everybody know, but it's coming up in a couple of weeks, so I'm excited. Fantastic. What about you? Uh,
0: I'm Matt Francis C.C. Ellis. Follow at Oops the Podcast for all our great clips at the hands of our wizard editor, Chris. Uh, and you can get tickets to see me at Helium in Philadelphia, March 5th to the 7th. Thanks so much for listening. As always, we love you. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye.